This episode of Nixa Talk is aimed at providing insight to asset managers on how best to get on the radar of gatekeepers within the family office RIA space. You're listening to Nixa Talk, a show aimed at providing building blocks for best practice implementation to executives in the global asset management industry. Nixa Talk features targeted content from Nixa's live webinar programming. More content for your on-the-go, easy listening can be found at nixa.org. I'm Allison Lovett, your Nixa host, and on today's show, we're talking about how asset managers can best prepare to access the RIA Family Office Distribution Channel. Nixa recently hosted a panel of experts to talk about best practices. Joining the conversation was Matthew Babcock, Director and Head of Manager Selection at Pacific Life, Aaron Gilman, Chief Investment Officer at Independent Financial Partners, and Wayne Yee, Director and Head of Manager Research at Macy Quick Simon & Company. Emmy Bernard, Senior Managing Director at Foresight Financial Group, moderated this panel. Let's listen in as the group discusses the manager due diligence process at a high level. Matthew Babcock kicks us off. So I would say, like most gatekeepers, there are qualitative and quantitative elements to our process. We generally focus on the four key areas when evaluating managers, which includes firm personnel, uh, investment philosophy, investment process, and performance and risk. So within each strategy uh, or category, we look for uh, a number of specific qualities. So certainly when it comes to the management of our portfolios, we're, we're looking for talented, experienced, and deep investment teams with stable and supportive foundations at the firm level. We tend to focus on managers that have demonstrated a special skill or talent in their um, skill set or asset class. Uh, we want to see that that skill has been demonstrated consistently over time and, and therefore the experience and continuity of the manager or the management team responsible for the implementation is a key factor in our selection process. So next we focus on the investment objectives of each strategy. We, we want to understand the academic influences and the intended style of the portfolio to help set expectations for how the portfolio should perform during different market regimes. Uh, when it comes to evaluating the investment process, uh, we look to understand the manager's investment universe and screening process. We want to know if there's a quantitative element or if the team relies purely on a fundamental approach. Um, we also want to understand how the analysts interact with the portfolio managers to raise ideas and construct the portfolio. Uh, I think the most important factor is to ensure that the manager follows the stated process consistently and reliably, reliably and um, of course, uh, sound risk management is also a key focus. So that, that's the qualitative part. I think the, the most unique part of our process is the way that we evaluate performance. And um, we use a uh, proprietary regression model to estimate the impact of factor exposures on the historical excess performance of active managers. Uh, we primarily deal with active managers with, with our products. Um, so this process separates the impact of a manager's investment style from the true alpha added by the manager. When we look at the performance in this way, we can identify the managers who have executed well for that given style of investing, which is important. Um, we also find that this, this type of alpha, this net of factor alpha, is, is repeatable. Um, 
this data gives us better insights, we feel, when hiring and replacing managers since we can say decisively when a manager's style has been out of favor. Oftentimes uh, we find in my history that um, managers are fired incorrectly when their structural factor exposures are not working, uh, even when their execution of their particular style has been has been good. So we try to avoid that um, that confusion in making those decisions because um, making the the decision to uh, terminate a manager is is half of the equation. The other half of the equation is making the decision to hire. We want to make both of those uh, correctly, and we think that. This way of looking at it helps us do that. That kind of sums up my uh, my discussion on our process. That's great. That thank you, um, Aaron. What is what does your due diligence process look like? So my answer is going to be way less conventional than than Matthew's. Um, so hopefully it adds some value. But we're we're coming from an environment right now where. You know, our broker-dealer LPL really is responsible for, you know, the bulk of, of kind of the traditional manager due diligence. And, you know, the level that we perform now is more for the, you know, sub-selection for our strategy specifically. Um, and so, you know, we tend to gravitate, I'll, I'll keep it real high level, but we tend to gravitate towards uh, smaller managers essentially that are more boutique in style because I believe that smaller pools of money are, are essentially easier to kind of pick their best ideas. And, you know, my favorite type of manager is to find someone that left a, a big established firm to start their own uh, investment company, you know, so they have all their kind of pent-up ideas where they couldn't put them uh, to use with large uh, pools of money. So um, I typically, like I said, look for kind of younger, um, you know, fun vehicles with smaller pools of money. And, you know, in, in my space, you know, we get to choose between active and passive quite a bit. So, you know, I do factor exposure analysis to see if there is any alpha um, above and beyond, you know, the typical five smart beta factors. Um, what I find is that, you know, by and large, most managers, you know, alpha has pretty much just been mischaracterized, uh, you know, factor exposures really. So, you know, typically we end up, you know, using managers in like very inefficient places like small caps, you know, emerging markets, um, where there's a niche to having, you know, active investment uh, expertise. Um, beyond that, you know, right now we're building out the process for a new broker-dealer, um, and, you know, the main, you know, kind of premise underscoring everything is going to be to be as efficient as possible. And if value is then added by a step in the process, we're not going to, you know, put it in place. So it'll probably be somewhat untraditional, um, you know, relative to most of the gatekeepers out there. Um, we will be leveraging uh, concepts like DOOR for electronic RFPs um, just to facilitate, you know, that process and make sure that it's as efficient as possible because um, we don't need to be wasting our time filling out, you know, 200-page due diligence documents if they're not adding any value or reducing any risk. Um, so I'm, I'm very data-driven in that regard. Um, yeah, that's that's honestly where we're at right now. So that's great. Thanks, uh, Wayne. Would you would you walk us through your uh, manager diligence process? Sure. Uh, so I'd say we probably start at the top and think uh, think thematically and a little bit more about the investment strategy and allocation first, in the sense that we want to get the asset exposure and the kind of the factors right before we start diving into uh, the individual managers, in the sense that if you call the uh, the quote unquote beta correctly. Uh, you should be able to generate the performance that you're looking to generate, and then ultimately we're looking for the managers that can execute in that strategy and generate excess returns on top of that. Um, and how do we do that? I think 
some of the comments that Matthew made are pretty similar for us. I think it's always a question of about emphasis around uh, on the margin. Uh, and I would say we spend a lot of time thinking about persistence and repeatability of process in the sense that uh, every time you have a manager meeting uh, or a conversation, you know, you'll get a lot of um, uh, kind of points that would resonate positively, but really it's a question of kind of being able to validate uh, their responses uh, with uh, actual performance and attribution. So we spent a lot of time thinking about what the kind of historical exposure uh, and, and, and strategy and uh, where did the returns really come from uh, to generate the returns that the, uh, the manager has produced. So uh, in addition to the qualitative, there's a lot of modeling, a lot of regression work, uh, a lot of uh, relative comparisons, uh, and understanding where betas and correlations are uh, in performance during different periods of volatility to understand how a manager will perform going forward in the sense that history tells you how they've gotten there, but it will also be indicative of how they should perform in uh, kind of similar kind of periods looking forward. Um, and think about where the stress points are. Are they a small cap manager that uh, is now $10 million versus the original $500 million that they started off with? Or, um, or are they uh, now a generalist manager when before they were a, uh, uh, a sector-specific manager? So those are kind of all the things in terms of style drift that we also look towards and uh, liquidity of the portfolio. Can they sustain the portfolio at the size uh, that they are today? We uh, are agnostic in terms of... Um, as, uh, pa uh, passive versus active. Uh, we would tend to lean more towards passive strategies in your traditional kind of large cap uh, core uh, investments, but to EM, uh, distressed, uh, small mid cap managers, that's where we become more actively uh, oriented. Uh, and then also product type. Um, I think we would tend to want to lean towards liquid investments as opposed to illiquid, but if we think we're getting a premium for the illiquidity, then uh, we will allocate uh, kind of our private capital dollars to private equity investments uh, to maximize the return through a certain uh, beta or a strategy uh, that we're looking to capture. Um, so, yeah, and I'd say that's it in a nutshell. You've been listening to Nixa Talk expert panels discussing today's most compelling asset management issues. Nixa is a trade association and support of professionals within the global financial community. Come back often and feel free to add our podcast to your favorite RSS feed or follow us on Twitter at Nixon News. Access to the complete live programming, including CE credits, is available to Nixa members. For information on how your firm can become a Nixa member, please visit nixa.org and view our membership page. For over 50 years, Nixa has been connecting global asset management participants to discuss and develop industry best practices. Join the conversation today.